Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. wake up thinking I can't let Barry win. He has proved he can blot out my thoughts and rule over me. I get up and do my exercises very quickly and I'm glad there are no guests to see to today. I need to concentrate on how to defeat my foe. Effie is dozy in the morning and doesn't quite grasp the point when I tell her about the terrible events of last night. Are you saying you had a secret assignation with Barry Lurcher on the pier? I'm vexed by her leaping to conclusions. Do you think I'll go running about meeting funny men? She shrugs, cradling her coffee cup in her skinny fingers. I hardly know you at all, do I, Ducky? You might be hiding all kinds of secrets. How do I know what you're capable of? Staring back at her. I realise Effie has been wondering about me. I try to give as little as possible away. I've grown good at it. Now she's squinching up her face into wrinkles and looks like nothing but a cross old coconut. If we want to be friends, she's saying, then she needs to know more about me. Effie, what I'm saying is he did something supernatural to me down on the front last night. She looks frankly sceptical. Maybe you're being swept off your feet by him. Maybe that's what it feels like when it happens. There was nothing romantic about this, I burst out. He seized control of me. He said I was an empty vessel and he could make me dance. But why, Ducky? What would he gain from mixing his metaphors like that? All I know is I went to the very edge last night and was almost never seen again. The two of us are jolted out of our conversation by a whole lot of banging at the door. We're both astonished when Abigail Lurcher comes stumbling in, more animated than we've ever seen her. Shut the door. He doesn't know I'm here. We both see at once how scared she is. What the devil's the matter? says Effie, turning the shop sign to closed and trotting off to brew more coffee. 
Only you two can help me. I've snuck out of the hotel to bring you this. She thrusts her shopping bag at us and we can see at once that it still contains the lumpen form of Tolstoy the bat. It's lethally dangerous. Mr Grenoble stuffed extra evil magic into the thing. You have to hide it and keep it away from Barry. Hold it, says Effie, trying to open the Bourbons. What are you talking about? The distraught young woman points at the shopping bag now resting on the breakfast bar. One wing has slid out. That monster needs to be kept away from my husband. Only then can Barry be free. Effie and I exchange a glance. Why should we trust her? It isn't just a harmless puppet, says Abigail. Well, I could have told you that, I snap. Unconsciously, I touch my hair as if my wig is in danger again. Effie says... What we want to know is how Barry makes it do such horrible things. You've got it the wrong way about, says Abigail. It's Tolstoy who controls Barry. He makes him comply with his will, drawing all his magic power from Grenoble's magic toy shop. It was there that Tolstoy came from some 40 years ago, you see when Barry was just a teenager on holiday with his mum. Tolstoy was a present, but poor Barry succumbed to a life of servitude to a dark, furry master. Effie and I stare at the single, gnarled claw hanging out of the bag. Could it be true? And yet it was Barry's voice I heard inside my head last night, not Tolstoy's. Right now I'm not sure who's possessing who. You're a witch, Abigail says to Effie. You know what to do. How do you know that I'm a witch? Snaps Effie, rather shrill. Mrs Claus told me, says Abigail. She says you'll find a spell somewhere in your old books of magic to put this malignant beast out of action. Is it my imagination? Or does the claw that hangs half out of that bag start to tremble and flex? The sides of the shopping bag are swelling and rising and falling with the long-eared bat's sulfurous breath. Effie grumbles. I suppose I might rustle something up. We'll need some black candles and industrial quantities of salt to make a protective pentagram. And maybe there's something belonging to my old Aunt Maud which might be of some use. How did you get the puppet away from Barry? I ask. My husband was out for the count this morning, Abigail says. Last night's performance wore him out. He had horrible nightmares and was shouting in his sleep. Around midnight, I ruefully suppose. Right when he was shouting at me. Abigail and Effie set about finding just the right protection spell to put Tolstoy out of action. The real source of this evil is in Robin Hood's Bay, says Abigail worriedly. Mr Grenoble and his unholy toy shop. That's where all the trouble began for my poor Barry. As she says this, I'm starting to feel most peculiar. Effie is fussing around with magical ingredients and getting Abigail to tie the back puppet to a chair. 
But my thoughts are elsewhere. I am echoing inside, chiming like a great hollow bell. My feet start walking. I'm heading to the door. I move without my own volition. I am responding to a summons that I have felt more than heard. The other two don't even notice me leaving. They think I'm making a fresh brew, but I'm not. I'm leaving the building. I'm sallying forth into the evening, utterly possessed. It's a very brave man who tries to possess me, I'll tell you that for nothing. Over the years, I've had Svengalis and other brutes having a go at subsuming my consciousness, and I've had to beat them all off. Now I'm sitting on the bus and bridling. Underneath the worry, I'm furious. How dare these men, this Barry Lurcher, Mr. Grenoble, and Tolstoy the Bat, how dare they assume they can meddle with my mind? But I'm feeling peculiar like a thunderstorm is raging inside my head. Many different voices are calling out to each other, overlapping and indistinct, each of them trying to be heard. This is the last stop, love, says the bus driver. I'm the last aboard. My reflection in the dark window is horrible. I'm all pale and drawn. We're at the very top of the sloping town. As I clamber off, the driver looks concerned, even asks if I'm all right. Why do I look strange to him? My feet are moving at a leaden pace. I'm walking like a robot. Maybe I look like a drunk old woman. That's what I feel like as I begin the steep descent into Robin Hood's Bay. I don't have to consciously find my way to the toy shop. I know exactly which alley it's hiding in. My feet lead me there, unbidden. Soon, I'm standing outside the illuminated windows and garish displays, and the truth hits me. I am possessed by their wills at this very moment. I have been in their grip since I left my home. My eyes well up with futile tears. I have been my own woman for so long now. It is many years since I escaped from the control of men. And yet here I am, subjugated to a psyche not my own. I kick open the door to the toy shop. Tinkle goes the bell. Inside, tea lights cast eerie shadows on the toys, making clowns and cats and china dolls seem infinitely sinister. By the counter sits Mr Grenoble, pixie-like in the shadow of Barry Lurcher and his gargantuan beard. How gratifying. You came here because I commanded it. <laughs> Mr Grenoble chuckles at Barry's booming welcome. He's still whittling away at a piece of wood. I tell them both. I came here of my own volition, I'll have you know. I came here to get a few answers. <laughs> you shall have them, my dear. You shall know it all. Now that you have sacrificed your autonomy to my sublime potency. Your crackers. 
I've never heard such suggestive nonsense. You know it's serious and real, Brenda. Last night you felt my voice inside your head, didn't you? You know that I can do what I will with you. I cast a glance at the still-whittling Mr Grenoble and see him sniggering there. I bark at him. What do you have to say about all of this? I've known Barry since he was a little boy. He has grown into a great and powerful magician. He is the proud possessor of amazing powers. Huh. You men always stick together. I was only a child when I first came here. My mother dropped me at the door, thinking it was just an ordinary toy shop. She thought I'd waste my holiday pocket money on some trifling thing to keep me occupied. She never dreamed, I don't suppose, that she was sending me to face my ultimate destiny. Oh, yes. For here, in the gaudy recesses of Aladdin's cave, I met this miraculous toy man. When he looked at me, he recognised my potential greatness at once. Is this true? True as true can be. I can see things, you see. I can see into people. I can see into those who have larger, more powerful souls than anyone else. Like Barry here. Well, bully for him. Plus, I can see into the hollow interior of those unfortunates who have, for one reason or another, no soul at all. Such as you, Brenda. What? I've got no soul. Surely you know that already, my dear. After all the life you've experienced, you must know deep down in your heart of hearts that there is no immortal soul in there. You're as hollow as an Easter egg, as hollow as a puppet. No, shut up. Suddenly, I have to be out of that place. It's like dark tendrils are clawing at me. The tenebrous fingers of a highness mind come writhing towards me and I whirl about, but I can't escape. This awful old man is saying nasty things, but the nastiest thing of all is that somehow I know that he's speaking the truth. You see, I've always been different to everyone else. You mustn't panic. Having no soul to speak of doesn't diminish you in any way. It makes you more special to me, in fact. Let me out of this toy shop, you maniacs. <laughs> How else do you think I can control you? How else can I slip so easily inside you, my dear? Why? Because there is nothing else in there. It's only too easy for a puppet master like me. No, I won't believe it. I can't. I'm a person. A real person. But only just... And only because you really want to be. Paddy, it's almost midnight already. We need to be prepared. You're right. I think we've explained enough. But you haven't explained anything. What are you up to? What are you going to do to me? <sighs> My stupid bint of a wife went to see you this evening, didn't she? She stole away with dear old Tolstoy. She thinks she can hide him away from me. Foolish woman. How do you know? I was looking out from behind your eyes. 
And now I know she told you about the wild puppet hunt. She knows all about it, does she? Well, come along, both of you. We have to go down to the shore, down through the town and right to the very edge of the sea. And I must leave the door of my shop open to the night breezes so that all of my puppets and toys can jump up and slip out and join in with the parade. You two are bananas. What are you saying? That your toys come to life at Beltane? Not all of them, no. Just the most special ones. Just a certain time. No! Listen. Can you hear it? That clattering. That sounds like bones and creaking old joints. That howling hullabaloo. Can you hear them coming? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mr. Grenoble leads us out of the shop and into the alley, and then into the steep street that curves about the outskirts of the narrow town and leads sharply down to the beach. And yes, all of a sudden I can hear it. All the rattling and clacking of wooden limbs and metal joints, and the clacking of hinged jaws and glass eyes flicking in sockets. There comes the baying of wooden hounds and the roaring of monsters covered in dead fur. Mr. Grenoble laughs and claps with awful merriment, and Barry becomes very solemn. I couldn't turn back if I tried as we step off the cobbles and onto damp sand. The moon is bright silver on the sea, and the flat of the beach looks endless. There is a deep violet shadow beneath the savage crags. From far over the hills, and from goodness knows where, comes the jaunty hurdy-gurdy of carnival music. It heralds the arrival of the great puppet hunt. Ah, they're coming for you, Brenda. The puppets are crawling out of hell, and they're enjoying their single night of freedom upon the face of the earth. 
Once a year, they're allowed to dance through our skies. And this year is special, because they are coming for you, my dear. You, the most foolish puppet who ever lived. Or rather, who thought she was alive. No, leave me alone. You're a puppet made out of human parts, aren't you? Sourced from a dozen or more different graves and charnel houses. Stitched together with catgut and twine. That's all you are, isn't it, Brenda? A horrible hodgepodge. A female miscellany. A foul, reeking casserole of mortal remains. Oh! Oh, don't look like that. We know your secrets. Mr. Grenoble and I know all about everything you've tried to hide. It's so pathetically obvious who and what you are. You're a puppet. A monster. Now, stand on these sands and watch them approach. They're coming for you now, dear Brenda. I'm standing there, helpless, struck dumb with fear and shock as Barry Lurcher steps away from me. Then I turn to look back down the long expanse of shoreline, and I see that he is right. All the masked goblins and dummies and marionettes, they have emerged from their own special hell. That portion of Hades given over to those who have no souls. Here they come dancing all out of time to discordant music, traipsing out of the churning sky. At their head rides a man with a terrible bloated head and pointed chin. My captors laugh and tell me he is king of all the puppets in hell. Mr. Punch rides upon the back of a glittering crocodile whose scales are glossy black jet. Those flashing fangs are after me, and I'm swept up into the charging crowd of effigies, homunculi and figurines, princes and shepherdesses, dragons and mice, soldiers, nutcrackers and big bad wolves. In a trice, I am a part of the horrible parade. I have ineluctably joined this dance of the dead. Or rather, a dance for those who had never really lived. We ride along the headland, and I resist. I twist and turn and struggle to break free. I see the faces of wild cats, foxes and owls all around me. A snarling menagerie with malevolent glass eyes. We swoop up the rocky crags and across the clifftops and we lift into the air like a dark skein of starlings. From the ground, we must look like horrendous storm clouds massing above Whitby Abbey. Down there in the town of Whitby, for that's how far we have flown already, the people are celebrating Beltane all unawares. They have a few garish fireworks and they indulge in some tame dressing up. There are bonfires and silly games and people out in the streets at midnight wearing gothic finery. And yet here I am, a part of the most macabre show on earth, soaring through the skies with the wild puppet hunt. They want to take me away forever, I know. I understand that all this exhilarating stuff is just a prelude to what they intend to do. If they get their way, they will take me down into hell with them. 
And there, I will be in torment forever. But I can't have that, can I? I have a life to live on Earth still. I might be 200 years old, but I still have a lot to give. And so, as we sweep like a curse across the rooftops of Whitby, I am struggling again, desperate to be free. They hold me pinioned between them. A bear, a fox, and an evil-looking hare with yellow book teeth. They keep a tight grip on my chunky arms. My legs are pedalling madly high above the town. I'm screaming and screaming for them to let me go. Then the toy maker, Mr. Grenoble, is with me. And so is that bearded brute, Barry Lurcher. They are both holding me tight, and when I stare, it seems that they are puppets too, with painted faces and stringy hair. Now they're growing long furry ears, and their eyes are like marbles stuck in their heads. Giving to it, Brenda. It's the most marvellous feeling, giving up all volition and will. All these years of making your own way in the world, decisions and choices and responsibilities, and all that time, all those years of dragging that gross carcass with you, all that mending and patching your unnatural body. Thanks a bunch, Barry, and there was I thinking you fancied me. Feel how light you are, Brenda. Feel how you can transcend all the rubbish and dross. Give up your will and your moribund flesh. You can dance forever with us on the very brink of being and non-being. You're talking a load of old rubbish. You're completely daft if you think I'd go anywhere with you, you creepy bugger. But you're already here, Brenda. You're a part of the wild puppy on this belting night. You're here forever now. We will dance with you into this inferno. What about your poor blooming wife, eh? What about Abigail? You've led her a merry dance as well, haven't you? Oh, she no longer matters. All that matters is you. And dragging you into hell with me. They're very keen down in Hades to get their hands on you, Brenda Frankenstein. Don't call me that name. I am not that name. Oh, oh, but you are. I know who you are. How have you managed it, you fleshy marionette? How have you kept yourself alive for all this time? Shut up! Stop it! How have you kept that spark of life force glowing within you? Enough, you cheeky devil. As if I'd ever deliver up my secrets to the likes of you. Oh, we will hear it all when we get into puppet hell. No! I fight like a mad thing this night and screech like a banshee. Not for a long time have I been quite so scared. I don't doubt for one minute that this hairy occultist will do exactly what he threatens to. I know where this horrible flying circus is bound for. So I clobber him, I wrestle myself free out of his grip and that of the wretched old toy shop owner. Up in the howling air I struggle out of their grip and I clobber the bugger. Yes, he might be strong and possessed of unholy determination. But I am stronger, because I'm even more determined. I want to live, and carry on living exactly as I choose. I want this with every fibre of my being. I think my inner goddess has been woken by the almighty shock of these unfolding events. 
Barry, knowing my true name, my father's name was the biggest shock of all. He flung that filthy epithet at me from out of the blue. The true horror of my heritage fell full force upon me all over again. Cursed to be a member of the Frankensteins. But if I am a monster, then I am possessed of a monster's vim and vigor. And so I batter Barry Lurcher. I punch his blooming lights out. As we fly through the skies across Whitby, I give his fat ass a bloody good kicking. Then, just as I'm starting to wonder how I'll ever get out of this predicament, we are joined by a horrible, fanged and flapping creature who brings with him a whiff of brimstone and death. To me, Tolstoy! To me! Save me from this dreadful woman! And true enough, it is Tolstoy, the long-eared bat, swishing those satiny wings and hurrying to keep up with us all. With all of his ghastly teeth on show, he screeches some choice names at me. But I'm in no mood to argue with a glove puppet. I seize him by the throat. Weirdly, he's jangling. He's wearing some kind of necklace that he didn't have on before. But there's no time to be thinking about what this might signify. Ah, get off me! Foul Harrigan! Barry! She's got me! Barry! She's got me by the throat! I'll rip his bloody head off, I swear it. Yeah, I think she means it, Barry! All the puppets are squealing with laughter. This is your revenge, isn't it? For the rough ride we've given you. She's squeezing harder, Barry! I can hardly breathe! My life for his, Barry. You can have your rotten bat back, but only if you set me free. Ah, he's choking me! I've got to hold him. Do it, Barry. Set me free. All right. Just don't hurt him. Tolstoy is all I've got. Barry is as good as his word. I stop throttling Tolstoy. I hand him over like the hostage is. Then Barry hugs the bat to his chest, and in that moment relinquishes the magical power he holds over me. For a second, he looks stricken with defeat as I fall away. I am free of the wild puppet hunt. I feel exultantly free as his will flows out of me. I see that parade of puppets streak off across the sky without me. Through a bright breach in the midnight clouds they go. I hear their manic chattering hullabaloo and the voice of their leader crying out his eternal mantra. That's the way to do it! That's the way to do it! That's the way to do it! Somehow, in the very nick of time, I have avoided being sucked into hell. All these thoughts flash through my mind in an instant. Then, as if gravity is the least of my worries, I start falling, falling fast, arse over tip, down through dark fathoms of air. I start off higher than the Christmas Hotel and higher even than the very top of the Abbey. I have such a long way to fall and it's over extremely quickly. I land very loudly in the black water of the harbour with one hell of a splash. At first I think I'm a goner, but of course that isn't so. 
as Barry Lurcher kindly reminded me, I've survived all kinds of awful to-dos. I've hauled this old carcass through two hundred tumultuous years. A drop in the briny isn't going to stop me now. I hold my breath and belly flop, and because it's Beltane, there are still folk up and about. A gaggle of startled goths ends up with the job of fishing me out. Working in gloomy unison, they have a struggle to get me ashore onto dry land. But they make it, and I am saved. I thank them and make up an excuse about being out on a bender. I've been a little drunk and disorientated and I've fallen off the pier. I touch too much of the spirits, this Beltane. <laughs> I'm awfully ashamed. The Goths seem to believe me. Though they look perturbed at having to dredge old ladies out of the harbour. I hurry on home, avoiding further questions, hoping that no one happened to notice me streaking through the sky tonight in the grip of those horrid creatures. Oof, what an evening I've had. I'm sopping wet. I'm like an old dish rag. I'm holding my wig on with both hands, but I'm jubilant. I've fought my nemesis to the bitter end, and I've won. When I traipse up Harbour Street, I see lights on in Effie's junk shop windows, so I bang heavily at her door. She quails at the terrible sight of me. Whatever's happened to you, Ducky? If you let me in, I'll tell you all about it. In her sitting room, I survey the wreckage. The protective pentagram she drew in salt with Abigail has been scuffed over. The black candles have been snuffed out and there's a big scorch mark on the net curtains. One of the windows has been smashed. We tried to contain him as long as we could, Effie says. He had all his demonic power inside of him. He was thrashing about, shouting that he couldn't let the wild hunt go without him. I nod grimly. I had to fight him off. That creature was terrifically strong. Effie's eyes are bright. Remember when I told you about the jet? About the vapours it's reputed to give off? And how they combat the forces of evil? Why, yes, I say. I dug out my favourite antique necklace that used to belong to my Aunt Maud. This was very quick thinking of me. While Tolstoy was imprisoned here, Abigail and I held him down and wrapped the beads all round his wings. He was tangled up and furious. He couldn't get rid of it before he raced off into the night. I stare at Effie. You clever old thing. You weakened him. That's why I was able to defeat him, even as I was being dragged through the skies in that terrible throng. Oh, Brenda, you must have been through a right ordeal. Are you saying they flew you up into the skies, over the town? I nod. And I fell into the harbour too. <gasps> Let me get you some towels and a dressing gown. Abigail fishes around for a hanky. Oh, I'm free of Barry at last. 
He got to ride with the wild puppet hunt after all. That's all he ever wanted. Was all he wanted to do ever since he was a little boy and he first fell in love with Tolstoy. And now he's gone and buggered off to hell. I'll be footloose and fancy free, won't I? Free of this marriage, which has been the bane of my life. Effie comes back, dragging towels, blankets and an old hot water bottle. Catching the end of this, she stares at Abigail. Couldn't you just have gone for a trial separation? He was an obsessive control freak, cries Abigail. He had to be in complete possession and command of everything. Now I'm thinking about that malign presence in my head that night on the pier. I knew he would stop at nothing. My heart goes out to this limp, dowdy woman on the settee. Goodness knows what she's had to put up with. Effie dumps the towels on me. Eee, can't men be weird? It's all power games and domination with them. I start toweling my wig and suddenly I'm shivering. I'm sitting in Effie's front room, stinking of the sea. I'd better get these sopping things off. Before I head off to Effie's Spartan bathroom, I ask Abigail, So, what will you do now? The puppet master's wife shrugs happily. Oh, well... There are still seven nights booked and paid for at the Christmas Hotel. Seven nights of cabaret to put on. Barry would never listen to me, but I've got the most amazing voice. So what I thought I'd do is hook myself up to the karaoke machine and put on a wonderful show for everyone. Effie punches the air. We'll be there, won't we, Brenda? We'll be in the audience cheering you on. It's only later, as I'm pulling on Effie's too small, spare, fluffy dressing gown, that I wonder, do I really want to applaud the warblings of the woman whose husband sought to deliver me to Hades? Then I think, oh, never mind. We can't be held responsible for the doings of dodgy partners, can we? That night, I have the most lurid nightmares. I'm in a kaleidoscopic whirl of bodies, feathers and claws and horrible appendages. I'm back with the empty-eyed puppets and we're soaring above the clouds. I wake with a shout. I make myself a spicy tea and sit up in my attic, reassuring myself with familiar surroundings. Oh, you got away in time. You haven't been sent to hell just yet. You've snatched yourself a bit longer on earth. I'm glad because I've decided I like it here after all. Twenty decades in and I'm enjoying my life at last. I've got new guests arriving today so I'd better pull my socks up. At 8pm, Effie comes calling. We're both glammed up, ready for Abigail's debut at the Christmas Hotel. The spring evening is all golden light. It's May Day and there's a lovely rinsing breeze washing all of the cobwebs away. I haven't told Effie half of what went on last night. I'm relieved she wasn't there to hear my darkest secrets divulged by Barry Lurcher. 
and she never heard him accuse me of having no soul. What a terrible thing. I've wondered for two hundred years whether this was true. What do I really have inside me? Why am I even alive? What's to do if there isn't a divine spark inside this old body? But all that is just philosophical folderol, isn't it? It doesn't really impinge on my day-to-day -day life or my nights on the town. Who really knows anything about our souls? Effie and I link arms all the way up the winding road to the Westcliff and the Christmas Hotel, where the pensioners are excited, wearing their party hats again, and Mrs Claus is booming at her willing elves, and all the fluorescent posters of Barry and Tolstoy have been replaced by pictures of the brand-new singing sensation, Abigail Lurcher. She's going to sing us all our very favourite hits in the Grand Ballroom. Effie and I grab ourselves a vodka and orange and hurry to a nice table. We settle down to be entertained. The lights go down, her spotlight awaits, and out comes Abigail. About halfway through the first song, Effie nudges me with her bony old elbow. Eee, that's a bloody awful voice she's got. I've never heard nout like it, have you, ducky? I know by now that you can't shush, Epi. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns